I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. I want to thank you for joining me, um, as you do uh, pretty much every week. Uh, but I've got to acknowledge that here we are in December. And so as we wrap up the end of the year, uh, we have to really take stock in where we are in terms of uh, you know, covering the expenses for, for both WBAI and WPFW. So I'm going to spend a little extra time today uh, trying to encourage you, encourage you to support these fine stations, um, and and by doing so, supporting the work that I do on these stations, and uh, that, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that. So let me come right out of the gate here with the uh, with the pledge lines and the and the websites for you to make donations to both WBAI and WPFW. the The pledge line for WBAI is two one two two zero nine. Two nine five zero. You can also go online to give to wbai.org. And as I say all the time, you can make a one-time donation. You can uh, do a time donation. You can become a WBAI buddy. And you know, and that's a that's a a decent program that allows uh, stations to uh, look for who is donating uh, for what show. And, and regardless of when you hear this program, if you're listening to us. In in uh, in New York on uh, you know on a Thursday, or if you're listening to us on uh, in Washington on Friday, or if you're listening to us anytime online, if you're asking your your smart speaker to to play WBAI or WPFW, um, or if you catch this on, as a podcast, you can become a WBAI buddy um, in the name of Resistance Radio by calling the the pledge line or following the prompts on the website and make that $5 a week, $10 a week. Look, even if you are already a, a WBAI buddy um, dedicated towards another program, you can do it for this program as well. And if you're already doing it for this program, you can raise it another $5, uh, $5 a month. This is, it's critical for us to fund these stations. These Pacifica stations are like none other in the listening areas. We, um, these stations provide unique programming like this program. And, and whether you catch Resistance Radio every week or you just happen to catch it by chance, the fact that these stations are providing this space for a native voice like mine, because look, there's, there's a lot of voices out there that just, you know, native and non-native, that are afraid to tackle the tough issues. And, and maybe they, they follow kind of the, 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 the normal thread that you know, that native people are expected to talk about, you know, uh, talk about feathers and ceremony and, um, and spirituality. I don't do that. I give a native perspective to the issues that impact us all, and I raise the native issues that you may not be aware of. So again, if you want to become a WBA buddy in the name of Resistance Radio, go to 
888-212-2950 or go online to give to, that's G-I-V-E, the number two, WBAI.org. If you catch the show in, in Washington or if you have your smart speaker playing uh, WPFW, then I ask that you you go to their pledge line, which is 202-588-9739 or go online to WPFWDC.org slash donate. Uh, again, the same with WBAI, WPFW has given me this space to provide unique programming on their their broadcast grid. And you're not going to find anybody else doing, uh, not just saying what I say, but doing what I do. I, and, you know, the, I'm going to talk about um, the mascot issue a little bit today uh, and talk about how schools in New York are responding to the the ban that was issued uh, three weeks ago by the New York State Department of Education. Uh, that the response in of itself is uh, is a story, and that's what I'm going to talk about. But you're not going to hear this anywhere else, and nor are you going to understand that not only do I do radio, these this program on WBAI and WPFW. Not only do I do radio, but I'm in the community. I'm I'm in Albany. I'm in Washington. I'm doing the the work. You know, I I describe myself as an activist with a microphone because I I don't think that I'm just a a radio show host. I I try to use this platform and the podcast platforms to to reach out. But I also like write letters to the editors. I, I I go to the agencies directly. And and I've had a history of doing this. And it gives me not only a unique perspective, but it gives me a unique experience in terms of dealing with these issues. And that's what I bring to you on WBAI and WPFW each week. So again, with WPFW, if you can make a one-time donation, and look, I know there's folks in New York and Washington who can make that $1,000 donation. I know that you guys are out there. And, and look, I, I bring a different kind of programming. And I, you know, I, I'm not one that, that tries to do fundraising with premiums. And I know the stations uh, like the, the producers to do that. Um, but I want the program to be the premium. I want the education you get from hearing uh, not only the history that I'm bringing and the culture that I'm bringing to the, uh, to the airways, but the, the perspective that I'm bringing. Because I, I just want people to think about what they perhaps never thought about. I mean, the, the mascot issue is a perfect example of this because the, the, the bottom line is many people didn't know it was offensive until we told you that it was offensive. And then th there's still many people who say, oh, no, I don't care if you find it offensive. We don't mean it to be offensive, so it's not offensive. These are the things that, I'm that, I, that I talk about. But this is what I address with the schools themselves. And I've done this with, with over a dozen schools. And now with the work that I did with my own school, my, the, the high school that I graduated, graduated from in Cambridge, New York, that has turned into a New York State statewide ban. So I've, I, essentially the work that I've done and been a part of has now taken 60 to 100 schools in New York State and is forcing them to drop this stereotypical misappropriation of Native culture uh, that they use for their for, for their amusement and entertainment. Now, again, I hear people say, "Well, but is really the mascot issue the big issue?" And that's why it's so important that I have this platform on WBAI and WPFW, so I can explain to you what is the significance of 
being stereotyped in this way, being mocked in this way, even you know, regardless of what whatever intention people have towards their mascot, because we hear it all the time, you know, what the excuses are that they that people make for having these mascots and for wanting to keep these mascots. But they at the end of the day, our perspective and and how this impacts native people and how it impacts the non-native people. It, where those people are going to interact with us in a, in, a, in a way that has been affected by this miseducation, this misinformation, and this misappropriation. So, look, I've got to ask, and, and, I, and I do it each week, but I've got to ask now as we close out this year, that in this season of giving, wherever you stand on holidays and, and that kind of stuff, but, but in a season that is marked by, you know, massive amounts of consumerism and, and gift giving, we're asking you to give to WBAI and WPFW. We're asking you, if you haven't given, to give for the first time. And if you are giving, see if you can dig a little deeper. You know, each week we, uh, we have to, you know, we're counting the pennies to, to figure out how we stay on the air. I mean, it can be, it can be that, that critical sometimes. So again, if you're in New York, I ask that you go to uh, dial 212-209-2950 or go online to give2wbai.org. That's G-I-V-E, the number two, W-B-A-I.org. If you're listening in Washington uh, on WPFW Jazz and Justice Radio, I ask that you go to their pledge line, which is 202-588-9739. Or go online to wpfwdc.org slash donate. And look, I know many of you may not be dialing us in with a radio. You know, perhaps you're, you're asking your smart speaker to play WBAI or WPFW. And, and perhaps you're doing it um, during, during my hour. And if you are, great. But, but perhaps you, uh, you're asking to find this show, Resistance Radio, with, uh, with John Kane. And if you, if you ask your smart speaker for, to play Resistance Radio with John Kane podcast, you will, you will hear that, that, uh, that audio. I post it up every week. If you go online to both WBFPFW and, and WBAI, you can go to their archives and catch the show anytime. You can listen to the show on demand, however you want to do it. We, we do broadcast at a specific time slot in New York um, and, and Washington. That's 3 o'clock on Thursdays and 2 o'clock on Fridays. Uh, 3 o'clock on Thursdays in, in New York, 2 o'clock on, on uh, Fridays in, in D.C. So if you catch the broadcast or you find us in what we call the narrow cast, in, in, you know, online, if you catch this program, I'm asking you to support the stations that really enable this program to continue. I mean, look, I'm, I, I broadcast from my own studio. I, I miss the time that I used to travel to New York. Uh, Washington picked up, uh, WPFW picked up the program in the midst of the COVID uh, pandemic. And I look forward to the time that I can go back to New York and can go to, to D.C. and do some of these shows in studio and perhaps do some other events. But I've got to have you support the station to do that. And not support me. I, look, I, I have my own means to produce this show each week. But we need your help for WBAI and WPFW to broadcast this show each week. So again, New York, it's 202, or I'm sorry, uh, in New York, it's 212-209-2950, give to WBAI.org. In Washington, it's 
202-588-9739 or go online to wpfwdc.org slash donate. All right, so it's been three weeks. It has been three weeks since the New York State Department of Education basically issued a ban against the use of native mascots by uh, New York State's public schools. So how have, uh, how have these schools responded? Well, I got to tell you, <laughs> for the most part, many people have lost their freaking minds. Um, if you, for any of the, 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 the newspapers that have published this, uh, you know, th this, this new ban, um, the comment sections are just rife with some of the most racist, uh, you know, responses. You know, I've always said, you know what's more racist than uh, the native than than white people using native people for a mascot for their schools? The response they give when you tell them that that it's wrong, and and that's what we're seeing. And of course, we're, we there's also there's a pattern that those of us who've been involved in uh, in fighting this mascot issue that we've experienced um, as we've you know as we've dealt with residents of these school districts. Um, you know, among the first thing that we get hit with, oh, oh, we're we're not our our mascot's not offensive. Yeah, we we uh, we're honoring Native people by you know by calling ourselves Indians. We're we're honoring you. Well, um, we don't find it to be an honor. We don't think you're respecting us. Uh, you know, we we hear them say all the time that uh, um, um, that. We don't insult Native people. We, you know, we don't we don't say anything derogatory about Native people. We we just you know we just have taken that identity for ourselves, and uh, and there's nothing offensive about it. Now, the Commissioner of Education twenty years ago from New York State said, "Look, folks, Native people don't find it find it respectful. They are not honored by by white people mocking their culture." And schools were told 20 years ago to stop the practice. They weren't ordered to stop the practice, but they were told 20 years ago to stop the practice. Many of them did. But still, many didn't. And as we've seen this, this mascot issue build up, even you know with professional sports, and, and look, Washington has played a big part in the high school mascot debate. Because i got to tell you, the big... Within the last 20 years, you know, after, um, at least in New York State, um, after the, the, the then Commissioner of Education had told schools to, you know, to get rid of the mascots, we have seen, in, you know, since that time, the biggest number of schools that have changed, and this goes nationally as well, came after the Washington football team dropped uh, its racial slur of a name. And then... You know, prior to that, the Cleveland baseball team dropped its logo, um, and and subsequent to that, they've dropped their team name as well. So, with the, these two professional teams, and look, there's still more pro professional teams to go, <laughs> but with these two professional teams doing it, it it it, it kind of highlighted the right handwriting on the wall, as far as I'm concerned. And we've seen many schools. I mean, there's still almost 2,000 schools in, in the in the country. In New York State, there's somewhere between 60 and 100 schools that still have native mascots. But that's down from a tremendous number. I mean, native mascots were actually the, the most popular mascots in the country for a period of time. I mean, for all of the, the bears and tigers and, and panthers and cougars and, and all that other stuff, uh, the, 
the the collection of of native mascots, and, and let me just run down some of the some of the, the names that are used: Indians, warriors, Redskins, Raiders. Sometimes that's Red Raiders, Savages, Chiefs, Braves, Renegades, Tomahawks, and then of course you get all of the the, the names that are like the Mohawks, the Cherokee, the Seneca, the you know uh, the the Sioux, all you know the the individual references to uh, to native peoples that are that are used as mascots. It's it's insane because no other people are used this way. I mean, it, it, it's it is it is really insane that that that's the case. See, and here's the other thing we get. What we the other thing that we get from the the deniers or, or what we call the keepers is they say, well, we don't even have a mascot. We don't have somebody dressed up. I mean, for for many many years, a lot of these schools did, by the way, and of course, a lot of the universities did. Um, in fact, the Florida State Seminoles still use a mascot. They still dress up a white guy, goes out on a field uh, on a horse and throws a spear. I mean, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, but, it, but, but it still occurs. But most of the schools have done away with these things. In fact, many schools don't even have, you know, cheerleaders and that kind of stuff anymore. So when I hear a school say, well, we, we, don't, uh, we don't have a native mascot. Well, here's the thing. If you call yourselves the Indians and that is the theme of your entire school, and it adorns your hallways with murals and banners, if it's on your website, if it's on your letterhead, if it's on your uniforms, if it's on your, your, your furniture, on your wrestling mat, on your gym floor, if it's on the, the cafeteria staff's shirt, on the, the janitor shirts, if it's on all of the vehicles and all of the equipment, if it's, if it's part of your your artificial turf on your football field, you don't get to claim that, you, that it's not a mascot. If it's part of your slogan for your school, then regardless of whether you have a buffoon in a headdress running around your, your, your sidelines or your, your courtside or, your, your, or whatever, regard, you, that is a mascot. A mascot isn't just the buffoon in costume. It is that buffoon in costume, but it's not just that. It's a whole idea of taking an identity and using it for not just your school, but for your students. This is part of the denial. Oh, well, we don't even have a mascot. Well, yeah, you do, regardless whether you're, you're, you're still playing dress up. And you know what? You look in, in oftentimes you look in the stands, and, and this is true with a, with a Kansas City football game or, or an Atlanta baseball game. You're still going to see people sneaking in with, with red face. You're still going to see people doing tomahawk chops and doing, you know, any number of things that are, that are just absurd behaviors for grownups. And, and why would they do it? Well, look, kids are being taught that this is okay in school. So three weeks later, we have really gotten a, a taste of the pushback. And of course, there's, there's no room for pushback. I mean, the only thing that the New York State Department of Education has said is, we will produce some refined um, regulations as, as it relates to this thing. Because basically what they said is, you've got to the end of this school year, the 22-23 school year, to, to change your mascot. Now, they didn't say that every image had to be wiped from existence. I mean, there's some things that, to, that can be cycled out <clears throat> through their life use, like uniforms or certain things. I mean, th nobody has said they, they've got to, you know, again, 
redact every you know name and every image. It should all go away with, with time, especially if they if they you know select a, a new mascot, something that's not offensive, not race based, and you know, and maybe frankly, something that's not always male based. I mean, none of these these um, nicknames and and mascots ever include uh, girls and and young women, and yet. Even as sports teams' names, you know, the the women athletes are are should be equally represented, and and they're not with most of these mascots. I mean, if it's an animal mascot, then you can decide whether it's a male or a female. But when you put a warrior and you've got some, you know, uh, you know, testosterone-filled he-man, you know, redskin character that you're using for your mascot. It clearly is not about um, about women athletes. So, but yeah, we, we get we get into this debate about whether they they even have whether these schools even have a mascot when they're clearly using native imagery as their school's nickname and 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 logo. And look, <laughs> even if you only had the letter of your school, the big C or the big S with feathers dangling off the back, and you're calling yourself the Warriors. It's clear what the inference is. Look, I agree. If if you call yourself the Warriors and you want to put a Trojan, you know, a symbol on your, or you know, helmet or something like that, or a gladiator symbol on your, you know, on your helmet or for your logo, yeah, you can probably get away with calling yourself Warriors because now you've disassociated yourself with with a living, existing people. You know, and and the same thing can be can be said with. Um, uh, like Raiders. I mean, ma- many of the schools call themselves the Red Raiders. But if you call yourself the Raiders and you've and you've got feathers or arrowheads or spear, you know, spearheads or whatever else as as kind of your logo, even if you don't have a you know a profile of a of a you know of a, of a native individual, if you're using native imagery associated with Raiders, then you can't say you're not talking about us. You can't say that you're not using our identity uh, and appropriating our culture. And, and our images for your for your school. Now, granted, the the football, the NFL football team that calls themselves the Raiders, there's no association with that team and native people. I don't know if there was, but there certainly isn't now. So there are certain names that you can. I mean, I know a school that that changed their name from the Braves to the Brave. And even those, even the school, that school, the people were were uh, well. What the hell is, is the Brave? I mean, it's it's like they. They can't even wrap their head around the subtle differences from just calling themselves, you know, the brave as in the brave people, like the home of the land of the free, home of the brave. I mean, it's in, it's in your national anthem for cried out loud. Yeah, and, and yet they, they, still, they still have to reject it because they want that native imagery. They want to own our identity. And, you know, and, th- and this kind of goes back to the, to the first thing we always hear from these folks when they say, look, we are not... Um, we are not disrespecting, we're, we're honoring you. We did this to honor you. No, you didn't. There is no school or no professional team that utilized a native image, nickname, or mascot for their team or for their school specifically to honor us. We were never consulted. They never said, hey, look what we did. For, look what we're doing for you. No, they did it for them. And, and here's the thing. They don't represent us with their mascot. Usually, they use you know, an, a, you know, either a word or a name or image that is just so stereotypical 
And and look, all stereotypes that are promoted, especially in institutions of education, are bad. And and I don't say this just because I think they are they are intentionally negative stereotypes, but the fact that they are stereotypes. Look, if you stereotype black people as great athletes, that is still a wrong stereotype because there are there are black doctors, there are there are black scientists, there are there are black writers and and actors, there are, there are any number of of talents and careers that black people can choose other than being good athletes. And and so those stereotypes are are wrong, they're inaccurate, and yes, they are harmful even if they are not intended to be. They are harmful because because we have to deal with these these presumptions that you make about us because of those stereotypes. Now and I know many people simply don't get it. They say, "Well, how can there be anything wrong with a school calling themselves out of respect for native people, Indians or or Redskins?" Well, for one thing, if you're going to use some of the like the negative the the racial slurs like Redskins or you know or or Raiders or Renegades or you know or some you know or, or Savages. I don't even I don't even think a, a debate needs to be ha be had. But it, but even the the misrepresentation of of things like like chief and and braves and and all look none of those are our words. They're your words that you use to romanticize our existence. Because even as throughout history, I I often talk about L. Frank Baum, who was the writer of the wonderful Wizard of Oz. He wrote. What, what are called the genocide editorials, and you can look them up online. It's B-A-U-M, L. Frank Baum. It's Baum's genocide editorials. And he, in, in the first one he wrote right after Sitting Bull was murdered. And in, in a way, he was praising Sitting Bull. He, he was saying what a, what, a, what a great man this was. But he was also saying, now that he's dead, there are no good ones left. I mean, he, he took the, the only good Indian as a dead Indian a, 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 a different direction. He meant that, all the good ones were dead. Not that the only way we are good is when we're dead. But, but, but either way, it's a problematic phrase. And Alfred Baum said, the only thing left to do is exterminate the rest of them because the good ones are all gone. And he said, and if we do that, then their legacy can live in our minds. You know, in later ages, we would talk about the grand kings of the forest and the plain. That's literally what he said. But he called for our extermination. Because what he viewed, and this is in this is in 1890, you know, folks. This is this is like over a hundred years ago. At that time, he were already he was already saying we were we were despicable human beings. We were the we were the mangy cur that licks the hand that smites them. I mean, he was calling us down and saying that we weren't were not worthy of living anymore. Yeah, this is the author of the the guy who wrote the wonderful Wizard of Oz. But he said by killing us. Our images can be reinvented, and we can be cast up as these brave warriors, these grand kings of the forest and plain. I, you know, I argue that the Al Frank Baum laid the foundation for 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 all of these mascots, for the use of our images for mascots. But even look at even in Sitting Bull's time, the the, the writers of uh, you know of you know, magazine articles and newspaper newsprint articles were romanticizing and in many ways hoisting up guys like Sitting Bull and, and Crazy Horse, even as their own government was trying to kill them. This is that strange relationship. Look, we know that blackface is wrong. 
I mean, and I, when I say we, I mean we collectively. All of us. Anybody listening knows that blackface is wrong. But is there still a debate whether redface is? And, and, if, and if you say that redface is wrong, but you can still use a red-faced image for your, for your logo, and it's still white people wearing it, you still have white Look, one of the things that is repeated time and time again, especially since this, the statewide ban has been issued, was people adamantly swearing that regardless of whether they change the mascot or not, they're always going to be Indians. They're always going to be Redskins. They are braves for life. They are warriors for life, regardless of what, uh, you know, what the state makes them do to their school. Regardless of what popular, uh, how popular opinion shifts. And I, say, and I say shifts because the vast majority of Americans are still okay with Native mascots. The vast majority, and, and, and of course, I'm talking about mostly white people, are still fine with the misappropriation of our images for the amusement of white people. They're still okay with it. I mean, the last time the Washington football team did a poll, it was like 80%. I mean, only 20% of Americans polled thought that it was inappropriate. And that was a dictionary-defined slur that they used, and only 20%. I think the, the, you know, the scale is tipped a little bit. And, and look, when I talk about, and, and I've mentioned this before, and, and, I, and I will always mention this, when I talk about how Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, was dug in with his racial slur of a name and said they will never change it. And he, and he said, you can print that in caps, meaning never in caps. But they did change it. And they changed it really in the wake of the George Floyd murder, the Breonna Taylor murder, the Tamir Rice murder. The, I mean... It was in the wake of this, this abuse by the police predominantly and the call to show social justice that, that, that really pressured the Washington football team to drop its slur of a name. Look, we've been at this thing for 50 or 60 years. But until, you know, until you know, we, we got some alignment with, with, some, with Black Lives Matter and the white people who understood what Black Lives Matter meant and who joined us in this social justice movement? I mean, until FedEx told Washington they had to change and, and Amazon and Target and Walmart, it wasn't enough that we were saying it was wrong. And that's why the ban at the state level is necessary. Because we couldn't rely on... The, the people to do the right thing. We couldn't rely on, look, we couldn't even rely on school boards. Even, even good, what I would say, and most of the school boards were pretty good, I thought. But they were so worried about the backlash from their communities, from the hate and vitriol that, that erupts in this debate when a community ha has to have this debate, that they, they didn't want to change it either. That's why in, in New York State, there's still... Two schools in New York State that call themselves the Redskins. Still, I mean, even that name is still existing in New York State. Well, not by the end of the school year. Now, I know there are schools that are scrambling, saying, well, we've got to find out what this means a little uh, more. We, we don't understand whether it applies to us. Well, the, the only exception is whether 
a, a one of a, a quote unquote federally recognized tribe gives uh, the ones associated with the region, the area that the school is located, uh, gives permission for it to be had. And you know, I live in the territory of the Seneca, Seneca Nation, um, and one of the territories is Allegheny, and there's the city of Salamanca, which is a unique, you know, situation where the city is pr primarily on native lands. They actually have to lease the land from the Seneca Nation. It's, it's, it's a weird setup. That school calls themselves the Salamanca Warrior. And the Senecas have been pretty much accepting of that. But now, with this ban, the, the president of Seneca Nation came out in full support of the, of the ban. And there's, there's a genuine debate. When I first heard this, I thought Salamanca might be the only school that gets permission in the, in the state to keep their native mascot. And I'm not crazy about it because, you know, you go into their gymnasium, they got this huge muscle-bound image of, a, you know, of a, an aggressive and violent warrior painted on their wall. Um, you know, and, and look, we have our own meanings for, the, for, for, for even for the English words like warrior. But I'll talk about that more. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, let me take a break just for a minute to once again remind people that Essentially, WBAI and WPFW, we are always in, at some level in a, um, in a fund drive mode. But as we close out this year, in this season of giving, we're asking you once again to put us on your Christmas list. Put us on your whatever list <laughs> and, and make a donation to, um, to these stations that, that carry this program. So again, if you are, if, if you Listen to WBAI online, uh, on the air, through your smart speaker, whatever. Then support their station and go to 212-209-2950 or go online to give to WBAI.org. You can become a WBAI BAI buddy, a BAI buddy as they call them, by, by giving your credit card or your checking account information and it'll automatically come out, you know, kind of like a subscription fee that you pay for Netflix or, or you know, or, or for your blue check mark with, with Amazon or, or with, the, <laughs> with Twitter or whatever. But, um, but, but the thing is, if you make these donations, we're not going to pull the plug if, if for whatever reason you can't again. And you essentially, by supporting the station, you are supporting, you are essentially fulfilling sub subscriptions for everyone. Because those who donate to the station are carrying the load for those who don't. And I get it. Some people can't. But if you can, then we ask you. We ask you to support, support WBAI. And if you're listening in Washington, if you're listening to your, your smart speaker in D.C., or if you're listening to us uh, you know, on, uh, over, over the airwaves, and or if you're listening to this as a podcast, these stations need your support. So I ask you if you to to support WPFW as well by going to 202-588-9739 or go online to wpfwdc.org/donate. Look, these these stations have a, have a you know a real diverse uh, program line, but the fact that these stations have given me this space to explain things that you know, that simply are not fully understood I mean, this mascot debate is a, is a classic example of that. Because, look, there are some Native people 
and I don't mean just, you know, grandma was a Cherokee princess native people. I mean, there are some native people who are fine with these native mascots. And part of it is we have had so much of our, of our identity stripped away through 200 years of residential schools and, and any number of indoctrination and assimilation programs. Not to mention, you know, not just the, 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 the schools that we were forced to go to in these residential schools, but all public school, all, all media has redefined what Native people are. They, you know, they have stolen our identity and have created this image of what a Native person is. And that's what these, these mascots do. But you know what? When you are the victims of having that identity stolen from you and having it snuffed out at residential schools for, you know, for generations, when you see even a piece of, of some Native identity that is somehow accepted within the dominant culture, I get it. I, look, when I was a kid, I knew that a lot of Native kids supported the Washington football team or the Cleveland baseball team because they, they, they saw something that they could identify with, even if it was a goofy logo or something that, you know, that did, or a racial slur of a name. Because there was so little in the dominant culture that was for us. And although that wasn't for us, we weren't going to be condemned for grabbing onto it and clinging onto it and, and claiming it even. But as we got older, as my generation got older, we said, you know, that was never about us. And, and it's not very respectful. And, you know, and, and we see the mockery that gets done. So we... Perhaps early on we were indifferent, but now most of us aren't. I mean, there are still some that are that are devoted Washington football fans, or Cleveland baseball fans, or or Atlanta baseball fans. And there are native people who are you you know hoisted up in these little school districts to say, "Oh yeah, I, I'm okay with this." While every nation, every native organization. Um, you know, the Native American Journalists Association. I mean, uh, every, every Native organization has come out against Native mascots. And every child development expert and association, whether it's, you know, child development specifically or whether it's the, the American Psych Psychological Association, Association, the New York Association of School Psychologists advocated for a school ban. And that's, that's part of the reason it came. The information and the evidence was overwhelming, even as many Native people or many white people stand in denial. And the and the fact that when they when they passed this ban or when they when they or not passed it but when they issued this ban, they they left room for Native people to weigh in to possible to possibly you know make an exception. I'm I'm glad that they've you know, given us some say on this. But I sure hope that we, we don't. I hope we don't give permission. I, you know, I hope the Seneca Nation doesn't give permission. I mean, look, it's the city of Salamanca School, Salamanca City School District. It's not the Seneca Nation School. And, you know, only about 20, maybe 25% of the, the student body are Native. Most of it's non-Native. So it's still predominantly non-Native people using our images for, you know, for their amusement. But see, I get to have this conversation with you on WBAI and WPFW. 
And that's why it's so important that you support these stations. Again, the um, the pledge line for for WBAI is 212-209-2950. The, uh, the place to donate online is give to, that's G-I-V-E, the number two, WBAI.org. In Washington, for WPFW Jazz and Justice Radio, it is 202-588-9739 or online at wpfwdc.org slash donate. Um, please, please do support these stations, uh, especially, look, I mean, in among the things that you're doing in, in terms of gift giving, and among the things that you do on a regular basis, whether it's your, your Netflix subscription or whether it's your Starbucks coffee, a $10 a month donation to um, as, as a sustaining member, a WBI buddy or just a, a sustaining member of, of WPFW is a small price to pay for, for what we provide to the community. And, and I'll tell you, it's, a, it's for me as a native voice that is not going to ever be a part of the mainstream media. I, I look, I don't even aspire to that. I I know that having this platform is critical. And and New York City is is an important market because that's where the power uh, the, the controls of the state of New York come from. And Washington DC, look, I just I just had, you know, Valerie Lambert on last week talking about the Bureau of Indian Affairs. We know the power that, that Washington wields, and oftentimes badly, towards, uh, towards Native issues. So these two cities, these two stations, are so important to have a Native voice like mine in. But man, we need, we need your support to, to keep it going. So again, support WBAI and WPFW. I'll give the numbers one more time before I, I close it out. But let me get, let me get back to... to what we're seeing as this real, you know, <sighs> ugly response. And, and, and again, newspapers all over the state, have, you know, especially the newspapers from the towns or, or the regions that have these native mascots, have all published the, uh, the statewide ban. And the responses have, have, they really have been mixed. I mean, I guess the, to the only extent it's been mixed is that the admission by some of the superintendents and, and school boards that have said, yeah, we will comply. But we're not going to do it until we find out what the real details are. But we've also seen, like there's some, like some have suggested there's a question mark here, whether they will comply or not. And let's be clear here. The New York State Department of Education controls the state purse strings for education. And some of these schools, like, like, like the school that I, that I, you know, that I fought that led to this ban, Cambridge, New York, in Cambridge, New York, that school, 54% of their funding comes from the state. So when, when NYSED, the New York State Department of Education, says, if you don't comply, you stand, uh, you, you risk losing funding and having your school officers. And, and I got to clarify this one because when, when this thing first got published, everybody says, oh, they're going to take the cops out of schools or they're, they're going to jeopardize the safety of our children. No, they don't mean police officers. I mean, I don't even know why I got to explain this, but yeah, they meant the school uh, administrative officers, the, 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 the superintendent, the principal, the, the school board, the administrators. 
so when they said school officers could be removed, they didn't mean that the safety of children were going to be jeopardized over this mascot debate. And you know, like I said, like I said, I, it's crazy that I even have to explain this, but but I do. I've got to explain it. So these schools risk having their their administrators removed. I mean, literally forced out of their offices if they don't comply. So there's no real debate here. They risk losing funding. And while, you know, some schools like like Cambridge, New York, 54% of their funding comes from the state, most schools have almost 50, you know, between 40 and 50% of their funding comes from the state. So you may think, well, I'm going to donate to my school directly then. You don't, don't you won't donate enough. You're, you're, everybody's bitching about the property taxes as it is. But, you know, here's the other thing that's crazy about this. One of the things that, you know, that, uh, that was used as, you know, kind of pushback was saying, well, what if we uh, just uh, include more Native curriculum, uh, Native studies and Native history in the curriculum? But the same people who are opposed to dropping these Native mascots are the same ones who are opposed to critical race theory. You know, who are, I, let's, let's say they're right-leaning. So you can imagine what they mean when they say we add more, uh, you know, more education. Do you think they're going to teach about residential schools? No, they're going to they're going to expand on the on the Thanksgiving myth about happy little pilgrims and happy little, you know, happy little Indians eating dinner together, and which isn't true. They're going to they're going to show Disney films and and have this Disney version of what. Native American life. Look, nobody bothers telling people, well, where did the Native people go that you're claiming you're to be honoring here? Where did they go and why did they go? Nobody even talks about that. In fact, many of these school districts don't even know who we were or are. Cambridge, for instance, they call themselves the Cambridge Indians, or have they used to. <laughs> they can't anymore. But the fact of the matter is, most people in that town couldn't even tell you, well, well what Indians are you claiming to be exactly? Are Mohawks? Mohicans? Huron, Lenape, I mean, who, I mean, who are you claiming to be? They can't even tell you. And that's true with any, I mean, most of these names. You know, and then some of these, some of these schools get the, you know, get the imagery all wrong. They'll use Plains Indian headdresses for, you know, for the, the name of their, or the logo of their school when they're on the East Coast, like in New York. Yeah, you, there's a, one school in New York that, in the school district, they mashed on a, a Mohawk, Onondaga, and Seneca together to come up with a word called uh, Mohanison. And I mean, I didn't even know what the what the word word was because it, I mean, it, it didn't even sound native to me. But they said the the Mohanison School District, and it's it's near the Albany area. So they bastardized jamming these these words together. And keep in mind, Mohawk is not really who we are. I mean, I'm, I'm Gunyagahaga. Mohawk is a word that was imposed on us. Seneca is not really the, the word for who the, the Seneca people. It's, uh, it's Anundawaga. It means the people of the big hills. So you took two of these, these words that are not even appropriate and a part of the Onondaga name, and you mashed it together, and that's what you call your school district. Well, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you guys should change the name of your school district as well because it's not even, it's a made-up word. It's, it's, it's fake. 
And that's one of the schools that, that's pissing and moaning about having to change these things. But it, but it is. It's pretty remarkable to see the pushback. And look, and I'm grateful for every person in every one of these comment sections of the newspaper or on social media that says, well, it's about time. And, and look, and I weigh in. I do battle there. You know, I'll admit, I can get as, uh, as, you know, as dicey as anybody in, in, these, uh, in these chat rooms or uh, on social media. Because I think ignorance needs to be confronted. And it isn't because I'm trying to change the minds of those who are the most belligerent. I'm not. I mean, that's part of the reason that this ban was necessary, because you weren't ever going to change some of those minds. But you have to create the environment that as you move past this, that, that it will be understood. So when, I, when I'm doing battle with somebody online, I'm doing it for the people who are witnessing this, this exchange. I'm not trying to change the person's mind. I'm actually trying to make them look silly because it usually is, it's pretty easy. You know, and, and, some, and, and again, some of the defenses that they, they throw up. I mean, we get to the point with, with some of these people dug in as we were taken on these schools, say, well, we're not even talking about you. You're not even those people anymore. They, they give us one of those. They say, you're not even the Indians we're talking about. Or, or some, when the, the word redskin, they says, well, you're not even among those people that would have been called redskins because you've, you've assimilated. I mean, we literally have that conversa conversation. It's amazing the level of, of insult that these guys will stoop to. I mean, some of the women who have been strong in these, uh, in these conversations, in these, these debates, They've been threatened with everything from sexual assault to, to other acts of violence. It, it, on social media, oh, I'd love to get her in the TP, that kind of stuff. Oh, I heard she dances. Well, I've, I've, I'm saving up my dollars for her dance. I mean, these are the kinds of comments that these same people who claim that their mascots were, were intended to be respectful. Really? Really? So... I want, I mean, the, the need that I have to keep talking about this issue is because it does have a long-term effect. Because if you grow up with this ignorance of the, that, the, that these, I mean, it's the same thing that we see with white people who have no idea about what it's like to be a black person. I mean, there may be white people who, who may be, really good, well-intended, and they'll say something, like, really racist. Well, and, and that's what our experience is. I mean, the assumption is that we are gone. I mean, uh, many of these schools, school districts, don't even know we still, are, we still exist. I mean, they're, the, the people in those communities, yeah, well, they're not here anymore anyway. We're just taking their image. They're doing what Al Frank Bob suggested. Speaking as of, of, of us as in the past, hoisting our images of, of these relics of the, of the past, and then owning them, making it sound like we are somehow a part of America's rich culture. No, we're the victims of genocide. Now, if you're going to claim that somehow being the victims of genocide made America better, well, it may, committing the genocide might have been good for you, but it was never good for us. That's like saying slavery well, had its good points. And there are people who will try to make that argument. So look, 
This is the reason so many of us fight this issue. This is the reason that those of us who understand what that objectification of our images, and including the, the excessive objectification of women. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you've seen what the cheerleaders dress like when, uh, for these schools that have, uh, I, look, I think the way cheerleaders dress is, is way too provocative anyway. I mean, because I think women are just, are, are just so vulnerable to the rape culture that came from Europe to this country in the first place. But native people have a, have a four, native women have a four time greater chance of experiencing a sexual assault in their life. Than, than white people, than anybody, not just, not just white people, than anybody. So if you object, objectify us, if you fetishize what Native people are, including Native women, if you do, the impact that it has on our children and your children in the way that they view Native people has a long-term effect. And, and it's, a, it's a bad effect. That's why the American Psychological Association has, has condemned this. That's why the New York Association of School Psychologists has, you know, has taken the position supporting a ban. And that's why the New York State Department of Education has issued this ban. They, they said 20 years ago this needed to change. And they knew all the information then. The difference now is that there are certain laws in place now that didn't exist 20 years ago. And that's why I pressed the New York, or the, the New York Department of Education. Because... Once they were forced to make a ruling on Cambridge because they were petitioned by, by some families from Cambridge, once they had made the ruling that told Cambridge, you, the, the retirement resolution that you passed and then rescinded has to be put back in place. Once the New York State Department of Education told Cambridge, you have to retire the mascot, I went, I went full, full court press on them. I said, well, then you need to tell the rest of the schools the same. There's no reason, if you have the authority to tell one school that they have to get rid of it, that you don't have the authority to tell them all. And what do you have in place now? You've got the Dignity for All Students Act, which is specifically a law in place by, in New York State, and many states have these laws, that are put in place to prevent discrimination, to prevent bullying, to, to prevent racism in the school place, to, to insist that schools be a safe environment, free from stereotypes, free from discrimination. You cannot have a Dignity for All Students Act or a diversity, equity, inclusion program in your school and a Native mascot at the same time. They, they cannot coexist. Because stereotypes are wrong. Even what some people think are positive stereotypes are wrong because they are generalizing, they're teaching children that you can, that you can look at an image and say that's what a people are. I mean, that's literally what it's being, what's, what's done. Because none of these schools educate what the Native experience is today, even if they teach a little bit of history. Oh, they'll teach about chiefs and clan mothers. You know, about hunter-gatherers and that kind of stuff. But they don't teach about what became of us. Because we're still here. Against unbelievable odds, we are still here. And I'm still here. I'm here on WBAI and WPFW. So I'm asking as I close out the show that you support this station and remember and acknowledge that we are still here. But 
this program wouldn't be here without your support. So I ask, again, if you're listening in New York, on the, on the radio airwaves or online, I ask that you go to, the, go to your pledge line and dial 212-209-2950 and support WBAI. I ask that you go to their website, perhaps, instead, and go to give to, that's C-I-V-E, the number two, WBAI.org, and make a one-time donation or become a sustainable member of the station through their, B, their BIA Buddy program. If you're listening in Washington, online or on air, to WPFW Jazz and Justice Radio, I ask that you go to their pledge line, 202-588-9739, or go online to WPFWDC.org slash donate. And the same thing, one-time donation whenever you can. But, but make sure that you mention that you're donating, at least in some part, all or in part, to support Resistance Radio with John Kane. So they know. Because if you do it during the show, they know. But if you do it later, eh, they might not know. If you're listening as a podcast, be sure that you mention that you're supporting this station and you're supporting this program. I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. We'll see you next week. Yahweh.